0: It's time for love talk with the love Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. And good morning, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. This is Kathy Indebrock in the KTXW studio, the Bridge Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk. You are listening to one hundred one point one FM, eleven twenty a.m. And today we are building bridges of love and leadership. We have an incredible guest in studio for you today. We'll be introducing her in just a minute. But first, my amazing co-host. Kind of a new co-host, but boy, you are picking everything up so fast. It's so wonderful to be in the studio and see your beautiful face, Marlene McMichael. Thank
1: you. This has been a fun project. It has kept me busy in retirement, and I'm grateful for that but it's also been fun and a learning process and so uh, one of the things that you get to do in retirement is kind of reconnect with people and not only the show is helping me do that but also it's just fun to you know when somebody calls and not have to say no I'm working and and put everything down and just do something spur of the moment well I so. love
0: that you know it's so true every time we have a guest in studio I'll tell Marlene oh we're going to be interviewing such and such a person who goes Oh, I know that person. <laughs> and um so last time Carol Everett was in here, you actually went out to lunch with her after the program and I just I love that I love how God just uses things to bless, and not just to bless one person, but to bless everyone involved. And friends, we just pray that Love Talk is a blessing to you, because it sure is a blessing to us as we prepare every week to spend Saturday morning with you. We just get so excited about the things that God is teaching us and showing us, and we're excited to share those things with you this morning so, um, we are missing Coach Carrie Brinkater. So, Coach Carrie, just a shout out to you this Saturday morning. Hope you are having a beautiful morning. We'll look forward to having uh, Coach Carrie back with us um, next week. Uh, but for now, Marlene, what has been happening in your week?
1: I have a long list of to dos uh, <laughs> that I'm gradually. T- off, And it's still long. That's all I can say. It's still long. Just, you know, things that you want to do around the house that you haven't been able to do. And um, so one of these days on my house is perfect. <laughs> we'll put the list aside and, and uh, do other things.
0: Well, I tell you, I can't believe that. I just feel like the summer is passing so quickly. I know we're only a third of the way through it, but it's just whooshing by. And, um, you know... The The time I got to spend uh, time in Israel in June and did a little bit with my prayer group on My Voice, His Heart. It's just a little prayer group I have on Facebook. And so it was just kind of fun going through and praying at the different places throughout Israel. And friends, if you joined me on that, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did um, but we are looking forward to July, um, just doing a few trips with our kiddos and um, our daughter, Aaliyah. She's been at Baylor all summer doing a research internship, looking forward to get her getting her name on a publication, which I guess is a big deal. Big deal. Yes. And so uh, we're looking forward to meeting some of the people that she's been working with in the lab and um, just being with her a little bit um, during the month of July. But, well, you know. I really want to get our our guest just into this conversation, and we have this incredible scripture friends that is going to anchor our program we're going to be talking about prayer today now that may be shocking <laughs> uh, and and you may think, well, gosh, ladies, you talk about prayer all the time, and yes, we do we we talk about prayer very often because. Prayer is that relationship with the Lord that is that you know communicating with god and and just really experiencing that Holy Spirit in prayer is just transformative and life changing and that is something that we want to share, but we 're going to take a new perspective on this today, friends, maybe something that you haven 't thought of before maybe open your opening your eyes to a few new things, and so we really are looking forward to getting your attention and uh maybe having a few light bulbs go on maybe having a few wow moments today and so we're going to anchor down this program straight out of second corinthians chapter 2 verses 14 through 16 and now i always used to get second corinthians confused with my old testament first and second chronicles but you will actually find second corinthians in the new testament of your Bible. And it's a a series of letters. It's a second letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And Paul tells them this in chapter 2, uh, verses 14 through 16. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death. And to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And now for some of you thinking, what on earth does that mean? Well, we're going to talk about that today. What on earth does that mean? And uh, Marlene, I would love for you to just introduce the woman who's going to walk us through this scripture and really give life and understanding to these words that Paul shared with the church.
1: My pleasure. Uh, we have in the studio today Vicki Porterfield, and um, I can't tell you enough about Vicki. Uh, we've known each other since college. Our girls grew up together. We were in each other's weddings, and so um, we know the good, the bad, and the in-between. <laughs> uh, and so I'm very honored to have her here today. But Vicki's desire is to further God's kingdom through prayer, mentoring and teaching she travels throughout the united states and overseas and that gives her a very broad perspective on what god is doing in the nations she's considered a prayer strategist which i think is an interesting term um, and she helps organizations and churches develop structures to build prayer for their purposes Vicki's experience is very far-reaching. She served as National Director of Intercessors International for six years. She's trained instructors and taught principles of intercession to believers from different denominations, ages, and cultures. She's led, led prayer teams for conferences in the U.S., Argentina, Switzerland, Germany, and had the opportunity to teach in South Korea, Romania, Latvia, Argentina, Argentina, excuse me, Burundi, Hungary, Jordan, Egypt, and Kenya. And I'm not sure there is wow. a country she hasn't been in. <laughs> um, Vicki's led week-long teaching sessions at Youth with a, a Mission, that's YWAM, for those who are familiar with that term, in Korea, Jordan, and elsewhere. For three decades, she's not left Austin alone, <laughs> but for, she has uh, been very involved in the citywide prayer movement in Austin and participates in multiple prayer meetings weekly and included starting a couple of organizations, one called GAP, Greater Austin Prayer, and another is an intercessory group called 203 Alliance, which prays for leaders and schools throughout the Austin region. As a former math teacher, Vicki's very interested in our children and has a real heart uh, to pray for children and for those in college. For 18 years, Vicki served as the team lead of intercession for the college-age Passion Conferences that are held by Louis Giglio. Her teams of up to 100 intercessors prayed 24-7 for Passion's three- to four-day conferences for about 60,000 students. Vicki is currently on the strategic team for Collegiate Day of Prayer who, who will celebrate its uh, 200th year next year. She is the mama for that team uh, of all young national leaders in 2002 vicki and her husband john co-founded prayer fields that's the name of their ministry and it's committed to Christ- to help christians identify their field and how to pray effectively in their place john and vicki have been married for 46 years and have two married daughters and four grandchildren welcome vicki thank you very much
0: I just, you know, that introduction. I just think, okay, so she must be like 113. <laughs> no, we're not and that And yet, all. here's this, yeah, young, gorgeous woman in front of me. I just, your testimony of faithfulness, Vicky, it astounds me that you will go where God would have you go, that you will um, walk where He would have you walk, and and teach prayer, pray with people, and lead others in prayer. It just, uh, it just amazes me. And so your ministry, Prayer Fields, okay, so I'm, I'm thinking Vicki Porter Field, Prayer Fields. It kind of sounds like a, <laughs> a, a play on words there, but w- what is Prayer Fields? What does that mean and why?
2: Well, it's uh, wonderful to be here with both of you ladies, uh, two women of prayer that I highly admire. So thank you for the invitation. Prayer Fields, yes, it does have a little bit to do with my name, Uh You know, so, uh, which works out okay because the Lord says each of us has been assigned a field. It says in Scripture in Acts 17 that God has determined the times for each person and set the boundaries for each person. So, those of you who are in the Austin area, you're not here by accident. God has assigned this place to you. This is your home. This is the place where you live. This is your field. And I believe that God gives us a field, uh, in a place where we work, in a place perhaps where we go to school, in a place in our neighborhood. These are all fields that God's apportioned to us or assigned to us. And all I'm saying is when you have a field that you're assigned to, pray there. Would you pray there? Would you pray for the people that are there? Would you pray for your family that is there? Would you pray for your neighbors who are there? Would you pray for the people at your workplace? You know, uh, it's it's we're not just there for us. We're there for others and we're there to carry that fragrance of Christ because God says he wants to be in that fragrance to be in every place. That means the only way it's going to get in every place is it doesn't just, you know, filter down from heaven. God comes to every place because you and I are in those places and uh, I am. Convinced that if all of us are faithful to pray in the places that God has for us, that the world would be covered.
0: I love that. God goes to every place because you and I are in those places. I remember a story that Miss Evelyn always used to tell when uh, Van told her baby, we have to move to Austin. She says, I am not going to Austin. God does not live in Austin. And and (laughs) Evelyn was talking with her daddy. She says, Daddy, Dad, I can't go there. God is not in Austin. And her daddy said, well, baby, he will be once you move there.
2: That's right. That's exactly right. Because we carry the Jesus. We, we carry him where we go. And therefore, that fragrance is where we, we live. That, uh. is,
0: that is so true. Now, Vicki, there's a question we always like to ask. And, you know, I think that for someone who has done so much as you have, I, I just always think of just these incredible conversion stories. We like to ask all of our guests, how it is that you came to know that, that Jesus loves you?
2: I came to the University of Texas 50 years ago. Uh, and I 50 plus years ago and I was an intellectual and I wanted to get as much information as I could. I didn't I couldn't even determine a major because I wanted to major in everything, you know? <laughs> okay. And uh, so it took me a while to major in French and mathematics. And education. And so, uh, I, I couldn't spread it out too much further than that, but, um, I, I really wanted as much, you know, uh, knowledge to me was the ultimate. And, um, I remember one day, just my freshman year, just sitting on campus and reading, you know, sorry, <laughs> but saying on the, on the UT tower, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Mm. And I thought, that's what I need, Jesus. I need freedom. I need, Only I didn't know it was Jesus at the time. But yeah. I sought the Lord. Yeah. And uh, ended up going to a meeting with Josh McDowell. And he talked about the intellectual approach to Christ. And I thought, oh, wow. You mean this is not just a flaky religion? That's just, you know, something that you dream up, but this is actually founded on truth. And I accepted Christ and uh, began my prayer journey to pray for the city and to pray for college students over 50 years ago.
0: You know, I just I love that so much because so many of us think, oh, religion, it's like a emotional crutch or something. Yet the Bible teaches over and over that wisdom God is the God of all yes. wisdom and uh, he tells us to seek wisdom and seek understanding and um, and and I think that um, we need to realize that God is not just a feeling experience he's a thinking experience and we all have an assignment we have a prayer field and we're going to learn more about this friends uh, Vicki you have so much to share with us I have so many questions for you and we look forward to learning all about um, prayer fields and this really exciting scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and having you tear that apart for us. Friends, you're going to want to stay with us to discover what your prayer assignment is, what your prayer field looks like. We're going to hear from our sponsors who keep Love Talk on the air. And stay with us, friends. We'll be right back with you on Love Talk. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk on today's Christian Talk, The Bridge. I'm Kathy Indebrock, and in studio with me is the beautiful Marlene McMichael, and we have very special guest, Vicki Porterfield with Love Fields. And friends, if you missed our first segment, you're going to want to go back to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com and listen to that, or um, on Tuesday this week, it'll drop to our podcast, and you can go there and enjoy listening to the full program. Well, Marlene, you've put together an incredible program. You and Vicki have just been friends forever. Vicki, I have been friends with you for a very long time, but not quite as long as Marlene. <laughs> um, and so I'm just going to hand this over to you, Marlene. Uh, I know you have just a, a number of, of questions to kind of walk through here with Vicky.
1: Right. Um, you know, I think that it's long-term friendships are a gift from the Lord. You know, most people don't have them. And so this lady is the real deal, and I really appreciate her. But, Vicki, the thing that that really intrigues me is I love the term strategist because I believe God has a strategy. He's like the big general in the sky. I mean, he is, and he has a strategy for us, mm-hmm. an assignment. You know, maybe it's the uh, left flank or the right flank or it's, you know, the forward guard or whatever it is talk about you know because you said that we each have a prayer assignment that's part of God's plan and strategy he puts us in this world at specific places at specific times and molds us into people that can that can if they say yes to him fulfill his plan so talk about that and tell us how we find out what our
2: assignment is well, I believe everyone uh, has a prayer field, which is a place where they're called to pray. Oftentimes, an assignment is temporary, just like you get an assignment from a, a school teacher that says, you know, you have a paper to write that's due at the end of the semester, or you have a math project, you know, you have an assignment. Sometimes, an assignment is very short lived and temporary, and sometimes it's your lifetime. Um, for example, I believe everyone's assignment is to pray for their family. Uh, if we all prayed for our families, wow, uh, the world would be a different place. If we prayed for our children and our parents, our brothers, our sisters, our grandchildren, uh, it's incredibly empowering and effective to pray for our families. Um, so that is a part of our permanent prayer field and permanent assignment. But sometimes God gives you a temporary assignment. For example, I had a friend that worked at the Capitol. And while she was at the Capitol, I really could care less about what was happening at the State Capitol. But I needed to go to the Capitol to be with my friend Marlene. So I'm going to pick on my friend Marlene. So I began to pray for Marlene. And Marlene's, because Marlene was so engaged at the time when working many hours a day at the Capitol, all of a sudden my assignment became what's happening at the State Capitol. I began praying for the laws there. I began praying for the representatives and the senators there. I began to pray for conservative legislation there. Uh, and my, my prayer field and my assignment during that season was to pray for Marlene, the people that she worked with on staff, because I would go and see her and met those people, as well as the things that she was involved with and the things at the Capitol. I began to pray for our governor. At the time, that was Governor George W. Bush and then i remember being awakened one night in the middle of the night and god said i want you to pray for governor bush in a special way and i said okay god here this is two in the morning and i'm like hardly awake and the lord says i've called him to become president and i said oh no god i am telling you i've read in the i've read in the newspaper he doesn't want to be president He's not going to be president. That is not what he wants to do. His daughters are at home. He is not going to step into that place, God, I think. this. He said, (laughs) Biggie. And that just still, small voice that you know is the Holy Spirit says, uh, that's why I want you to pray. And I began to pray diligently for our governor. And um, it had nothing to do, I want you to, to know, whether I supported him. Whether was Republican or Democrat, or whether he was even a governor, it's, he was my assignment. God had said, This is the man I want you to pray for right now. And then he was elected president. I wasn't shocked. Boy, we counted all those chads and it was quite
0: complicated, but, <laughs>
2: but he became president. And, uh, I remember someone saying, So, Vicki, is your prayer assignment going to become the next governor? Or, has your prayer assignment moved to Washington, D.C.? And I went, I don't know. I need to ask the Lord. And sure enough, my prayer assignment moved to Washington, D.C. Because he was still my assignment. He was still the man I was called to pray for. So I began to pray in Washington, D.C. and traveled multiple times there and was actually in the Oval Office uh, praying during that season. But my point is, you're, you know, so it didn't actually even last all of his term. But it was a period of time that I was assigned to pray for him. Sometimes we're called to pray for schools, school boards, um, especially if your kids are in school. You want to be involved in yes. praying for for the school and the school boards. And right now, that's where a lot of battles are taking place. And I'm amazed going to school board meetings myself in the last two years. Even as someone who has no children in school anymore, in the Austin area, I have, I've I've grandchildren outside of austin but no children in the austin area i still go to school board meetings i'm shocked at how few parents show up you know and i think wow this is our field this is this is our opportunity to pray this is our opportunity to serve this is our opportunity to speak and i'm convinced before we speak in public we better speak to god first and um Too often we are outspoken and want to say, hey, this is what needs to happen in the school board. This is what needs to happen in in the government. And yet we haven't gone to the Lord first. And uh, God is the one who brings things about. So I'm convinced that we are to make our case. says in Isaiah, we're to make our case before the Lord and argue with Him. So, you know, we're to make our case before God. And I would add that,
1: you know, those who work at in a governmental setting at the Capitol or, or in the, the court system or even police officers or, or anybody who's involved in, in public service, what they do with their hands and with their intellect and the, the steps that they take to make good government happen or to make public safety happen are very real and they're taxing and they are a blessing to us. But the prayer warriors, they're the ones who hold them up mm-hmm. and who make things work behind the scenes. And so, you know, you, if, I don't know how many of our listeners have been to the Texas Capitol, but occasionally you'll see people just walking around. Mm-hmm. And they don't really, I mean, most people are, are running through the halls of the Capitol to get <laughs> stuff done. And I've been there. But when it's, it's, it's really, uh, in, heartfelt for me Mm -hmm. to see people um, just gradually strolling through the Capitol and you know what they're doing, they're praying. And so um, what Vicki's saying about praying for our leaders and praying for those who do the work of government is really important. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and so, Vicki, I think, you know, there's this belief that, you know, some people have the gift of prayer or some people are called to pray. But what I hear you saying is that every christian is called to pray and and i think some people would argue well isn't it just enough to believe in jesus and lead a good life why is it so important that christians pray
2: (laughs) vicky's laughing it it is not okay (laughs) because christianity isn't just for me okay it's for me but it's it's to happen through me for you Mm -hmm. and for others and so uh it, there's multiple songs right now and, and teaching that says you know if it Jesus is willing to die even just only for me you know he would die on the cross just for me no not really that's not what scripture says scripture says he died for the world Jesus took took the world all men not just me uh, and so um we become so individualistic that we think it's all just about me uh, and that my relationship with Christ is just for me. But uh, God has blessed me so that I can bless others. You know, that's part of the Abrahamic so covenant uh, from Genesis 12. So it is, it, is, it is for me. And, you know, I was thinking today, you know, I, I don't often just look at this list of things I've done or places I've been. I'm like, oh, my goodness, while well, Marlene was you know, looking at my bio, I thought of, oh, I forgot to list this place and this place and this place. (laughs) You know, I'm like... But I think it's because somewhere in my early Christian days, I said yes to Jesus. And when I said yes, that means when people say, would you, are you willing to do this? The answer is yes. Unless the Holy Spirit says no, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Uh, And I think when God... Puts us places. The answer is yes, and it is for more than me.
1: What I hear you saying is that, you know, so often when we're in stress, we pray for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we, I think, as a, it's, there's a real tendency to think prayer is to comfort me and it's about me and it's about getting me out of my difficult situation. But what you're saying, it's really not. I mean, it's, it can do that, but it's really about blessing the world you know one of the things I have that has really become real to me lately is that answered prayer is meant to glorify God Mm -hmm. and so think about it you pray for your neighbors you pray for all this and if miracles start happening who gets the glory Mm -hmm. it's God and that's very exciting it's so it's not about necessarily how good I pray or did I say the exact right word it's God in acting and doing His will on the earth, and
2: our prayer was just a catalyst. You know, Marlene, you mentioned something, and it's one of the one of the uh, questions I get often, which is, Vicky, um, I don't know if I can pray the right things. I, I don't, I don't have all the right words. I, I can't pray out loud because I don't have the right words. And you gather with other believers, and I'm amazed how many say, "I've never prayed out loud because I don't." have the right words to say. Well, I'm here to say prayer is not about words. It's not about what we say. It's about who we are, and it's about the place we are in, where we are, and the stand that we take is just as important as the words that we say. And really, when it talks about words, we're we're saying prayer is talking to Jesus. Have you heard that recent song, you know, that's just talking to Jesus? You know, uh, it's that simple. And so I believe that um, you just express your heart. And I remember sometimes I'm, if I'm sitting in a prayer group and someone is silent in that group and doesn't say anything, I just turn to them and I just say, you know, Joe, or whatever the person's name is, what what are you thinking? What's on your heart? And Joe proceeds to tell me, oh, I'm thinking this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, Fabulous. Now let's just put dear father at the beginning and put in Jesus name at the end and you got a prayer Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you're expressing your heart and that's all that God wants. So what you know, we express our heart to someone and putting we're just addressing it to the Lord and then saying in the power of the name accomplish this. Amen. Mm -hmm. Okay. so it's it's not about special words. So those of you who don't pray because you don't have the right words. Please consider that prayer is not about what the right words because there are no right words. It's you expressing your heart and communicating.
0: I, I just I think that's so true. One of the really neat feedback I got that the gals at First Baptist Church Universal City uh, did my Bible study this last spring and I told the group leaders, you know you have access. So I the women's ministry director, if the group leaders wanted to call me, they could. And one of the group leaders called me. She said, I just had to share this with you. It's the most amazing experience I've had leading a prayer group and, you know, leading a Bible study on this. She said, we had someone in the group who was 62 years old and had been praying all of her life but had never voiced a prayer, only silent prayer, always had prayed silently. And one of the things in um, my voice, his heart, is I really ask the, the ladies to step out of that their comfort zone and be willing just to give breath to their words, just like Christ or you know God did at creation. He just gave breath and spoke those words and, uh, and just the power that's involved there. And so this gal who was 62, she said, I will say the Thanksgiving part of prayer. She said, I, I, I don't want to say a whole prayer. I don't think I can do that. But when it comes to thanking God... I believe I can thank God in front of the other ladies. And so they said, okay. Well, so um, so they did the prayer, and then they said, okay, Lord, now we're just, you know, our friend is going to just bring you words of thanksgiving. And she said that when she started speaking, it was like a stronghold breaking, and the group was just absolutely floored, and they had never experienced anything wow. like that. And so I think that... You know, when we are willing to give breath to our prayers, to mm-hmm. use that voice that God has given us. And even if our words don't sound great, our voice sounds beautiful at his throne because he's the one that has just tuned our vocal cords to something that is so pleasing to his ear. And um, I just love what you say, Vicki. So true. And, you know, we don't have to look at prayer as public speaking because public speaking is terrifying. So many people would rather die than speak in public. But we all have conversations with one another, and I, I love that shift in perspective. That is so very true. Thank you so much for, for sharing that.
1: And listeners, in case you missed it or you don't know, I uh, Kathy referred to her new book. It's called My Voice, His Heart, and so I want you to know that she is a published author. It's a guide to how to pray, and it's a Bible study, so if you want a copy Where do they go, Kathy? Uh,
0: They just, if you call me on, uh, text me or call me on the love line at 512-644-7972. Or you can go to Let's Pray Today Ministries. Learn more there. Or just go to Barnes & Noble. Go to Amazon. My voice, his heart. You can uh, get your Kindle version or order your physical copy. Thank you, Marlene. I had not intended on that plug, but thank <laughs> you. <laughs> thank you anyway. Okay, back to Vicky because these are I just everything you just amaze me with just your heart for prayer, everything that you've learned, the places that you've been. Vicky, how do we how do we make our prayers effective? What what do we pray? You you tell us that. Don't, don't worry about the words. Have that conversation. We do want our prayers to be effective. And there's a verse in Scripture that says that the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. I want my prayers to be powerful and effective and not fall on deaf ears. What do we do?
2: I, I think a lot of this has to do with a prayer field or a prayer assignment. Uh, because when God has given you an assignment, Uh, Let's say that your assignment is to pray for um, the country of the Ukraine. Okay? Or perhaps your assignment is to pray for foster children. Or perhaps your assignment is to pray for the Supreme Court. Goodness knows right now they need prayer, right? Yes. Uh, Whatever your assignment is, let's just choose one. Um, Let's choose praying for the Supreme Court. Because right now it's... uh, they're up front and center uh, in the news every day about the decisions that are coming up, including the decision regarding Roe v. Wade overturn, over, being overturned. But let's say God's called us to pray for the Supreme Court. It's very interesting. When you have an assignment, God equips you to pray in that, about that assignment. He gives you wisdom that you didn't know before. He gives you a love for... For that and an interest that you didn't have before. He gives you a care for that that you didn't have before. All of a sudden you realize, wow, I need the list of the nine justices. I I need to care about them. I need to see about their families. I need to pray for their personal lives as well as the lives that they carry, you know, and the uh, decisions they make. I need to pray for their staff. But God shows you what to pray. And um, it's very interesting. And then not only that, if it's your assignment, you carry an increased authority when you pray there. Just like you have authority in your home as a parent, but you don't carry the same authority over your neighbor's child or over the children that live in another country, right? You carry strong authority over your own children because they've been assigned to you, right? They're yours. So when you have the Supreme Court on your heart and God says this is part of your assignment, you know it. Part of the way you know it is because it's in your heart. You have a, you have a calling there. You know it, you know. Um, then you all of a sudden, you care more. You have greater wisdom. You have authority to pray. And God hears your prayers with greater, um, I don't know, his ear is bent towards those who carry that assignment. Does that make sense? It
0: does. That's you know, I think about so many times when uh you know, the God's children whether it be Moses or Jeremiah or Isaiah and uh and they're kind of struggling with their assignment, one of the things that God asks them is what do you see? Yeah. And then, you know, they continue on from there and I think so many times We can really pay attention to what we see because there are so many things that we don't see. And when God has us see something and has it register in our hearts and impact us, we need to be very aware of that, that that he is showing us something that maybe is unique to that, as you're saying, that assignment that he has for us.
2: Right. You know. Oftentimes, and you mentioned this earlier, so I just want to go back and address how do you know where your prayer assignment is? You know, how do you know what is your prayer field? Well, the first thing is, I would say, consider where you are. Consider where you live, where you work. Okay? If you work at Dell Computer, Dell Computer is probably part of your prayer assignment. Okay? Um, The second thing is, consider what you love. Uh, consider what interests you. Is it foster children? Is it the homeless? Uh, consider those things that you love or c- those things that are your interest. So if you were to look through a magazine, what kind of magazines do you order? What kind of reading material do you do? Uh, what kind of clubs do you join? Those are your interests. You know, if you love to work out and you go to the gym three times a week, let me tell you, that gym is part of your prayer field. Okay? Uh and then i would say consider what's in your heart so um consider where you live consider what are your interests what you love and consider your heart your heart is those things that pull at your pull at your heartstrings
1: right now many of us are are concerned about where our country's headed and often our response to that is really to bad mouth um Politicians, or to badmouth the country and the decisions that lawmakers are making. And I think what you're saying is that we need to speak prayer blessings and not focus on the negative. In other words, yes, maybe things aren't going the way they should be, but rather than constantly being a vehicle of negativity, instead we'd be a vehicle of blessing and prayer could you amplify
2: on that because you talk about this quite a bit i do i do because i have seen my city austin texas really change um in many ways and many of them are not positive because it's not become a, a godly city it's not uh it's not increasing towards righteousness okay and that's what i would say uh but you know what we cannot curse our city or our nation. God has nowhere said that we are to curse the places that we live. We are to bless those places. And every time I'm in a church or or a prayer meeting or a gathering, not even of Christians, but anyone, and they begin to speak negatively, I go, wait a minute, would you please not speak that way and curse my city? And they say, well, I'm not cursing your city. I said, yes, when you speak negatively about my city, you're cursing my city. We are intended to bless our city. And I am saying to you as Christians, it is time that we bless the place we live. Bless our police force. Bless our government offices. Here's what I mean by blessings. When I say, God bless you, here's what I mean. I want all of the blessings and the riches of God to be upon you. I want his love to be upon you. I want his care to be upon you. I want his empowerment to be upon you. I want his gifts to be upon you. I want all that God has for you when I say God bless you. And so that's what I mean for our city. I want all of that for our city. I want God's righteousness and love and power. I want the healing to happen in our city. I want miracles to happen in our city. Because I say God bless you and bless Austin, Texas and bless the United States of America. And God bless America. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: <laughs> I love that. Well friends, wow. That was that second segment just went by so fast. Vicky, I we have some some areas that we really want you to, to focus on and wrap up on, I, I'm just taking notes down on that. What do we mean when we say God bless you? It is so rich. Those three simple words contain so much. Mm-hmm. Well, friends, we have one segment left, our, our closing segment. You're going to want to stay with us. We're going to go hear a word from our sponsors. They're our very good friends. They will become your very good friends, too. And you're going to want to stay with us. We'll be right back with Love Talk right after this. And welcome back, friends, and thank you for joining us for Love Talk here on the Bridge. Today's Christian Talk. I'm Kathy Indebrock, and in studio with my beautiful co-host Marlene McMichael and very special guest Vicky Porterfield with Prayer Fields, friends. The first two segments were just fantastic. My program notes are just covered with my red pen notes that I've taken to kind of just. I'm learning so much today, Vicky. Thank you for sharing so much. We looked at the Second Corinthians scripture chapter two about being the fragrance of christ and wherever we go taking that And I think that, you know, sometimes when something smells bad, you go, oh, that smells bad. But when something smells good, it like changes everything. And so this fragrance, when we walk into the room, we are meant to change everything. And as Marlene pointed out, not as a curse, but as a blessing, Not, not as a stinky smell, but as a beautiful fragrance. And so can you talk us through how we are meant to be that change? Agent not getting the smells of the world upon us, but to take that fragrance wherever we go. Mm-hmm.
2: I uh, I have noticed that we have allowed the culture of the world and the ways of the world to bring fear upon us, to impact us, and we've actually entered in. You know, we have stepped into the world's ways, uh, the world's media. You know everything from the kind of movies uh, that are offered in the world that we have engaged in, the kind of language that's spoken we have engaged in and we've allowed the world to impact us or we have restricted our children or us from going into those places and it's like, oh no, we can't do that because something of darkness might get on me. You know, that might impact how I live and I don't want that dark place or that dark thing to impact me. we got to turn this around, folks, because that's not even scriptural. The fact is, we, as Kathy just mentioned, we are the fragrance of Christ. We are the change agent. We are the light. We are the salt. And something happened. As long as I've told you I've been a believer for a long, long time, okay? But I used to go into Muslim countries, into Buddhist temples, into mosques, into places where there was demonic involvement. And I mean, it was dark. And I mean, I felt like I got to put my shield on, put my armor on. I'm sorry, put, cover up, be protected, get lots of prayer because I'm going into a dark, worldly place. You know, even if I go into the White House or the Supreme Court building, I need somebody to pray for me. And I'm like, wait a minute. What am I thinking? What am I thinking? I'm going in the devil better be afraid of me i'm not afraid of the devil anymore i i he better be afraid of me because i am going to bring the kingdom of god into that place i'm going to ask for miracles to happen in that place i am going to go to bless to care to love to see miracles happen in that place and so you know what i i don't fear going into those places anymore
1: Talk about some examples of what you've seen because you've prayed for miracles to happen.
2: <laughs> well, I you know as I mentioned, I I've uh, led prayer for college organizations. I have watched thousands of young people come to know the Lord. Uh, I have I prayed in the city of Austin uh, at the time that we were uh, really in trouble and expected to see some you know rioting. Uh, and busloads of rioters were coming into town. And uh, we began to pray and took a few people with me. And uh, God answered visibly. It, the temperature dropped 30 degrees in, in 30 minutes. Uh, it was a hot 90-degree August day. And it began to pour down rain where I was in downtown Austin. In fact, it rained two inches downtown in 15 minutes. And it didn't rain hardly anywhere else. We watched the, the rain come in waves as we were praying for waves of revival to come. God brought waves of rain. Wow. Uh, so, so visibly I saw this. Uh, I have seen God change people. I started a little prayer group a year ago to pray for prodigals because so many moms and dads and grandparents have prodigal kids who've, who've turned away from God. At one time works knew Jesus or exposed to Christ, but have run the other way. We prayed for those prodigals. At the end of the year, we just said, "Okay, what happened?" One person, one of their sons, had come to know Jesus. Uh, two others began to talk to their moms, who had never talked to their moms in the last three years. Uh, another, the others, all made steps to come to church, where they had not been to church before, or to make or to be uh, willing to hear Christian talk and be prayed for so we saw steps not all of them you know quickly ran home but many did and so it was it was amazing i've watched um you know the fact is people want prayer Uh, it's fun to pray for a waiter or a waitress you know at your table and um, see god answer prayer right there on the spot Um, so many times prayed for financial provision and God answered and, and, and brought the funds in.
1: Okay. Most of us aren't Vicki Porterfield.
2: So can I do that? See, you know, someone said, Vicki, I love to hear you pray because you pray such big prayers. And I said, I don't pray big prayers. I have a big God. You see, this is not about me, folks. You know, it's not Vicki Porterfield or Marlene or Kathy that are praying. It's not us. It is God who is big. It is God who loves. It is God who answers. And so all we have to do is step in and say, God, I'm trusting you. You are the one. And uh, you are my protection. You are the one. And um, you are the, the one who answers. So it doesn't take a special person to pray. Amen.
0: You know, Vicki, there's uh, this scripture that you like out of John 17, verse 4. It says, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Talk to me about why is that verse so important to you? You know,
2: this passage in John 17 was Jesus' final prayer. And he's praying to the Father. And he said, Lord, (laughs) You know, this is where he commenced. He says, I'm, I'm I'm going I'm going to heaven, I'm going to build mansions for you, my disciples. And he's saying, Father, these are my disciples you've entrusted me with. But he also says this he says, Father, I've completed my assignment. One one version says, I've completed the assignment you've given me. So Jesus had an assignment on earth. Jesus had places and assignments that he had on earth. And, and at the end of his life, in John 17, after only less than probably three years of ministry, he said, I've finished my assignment. i finished it. I'm ready to go. I've completed my assignment. And, of course, the disciples had no clue. They're like, what? We're just getting to know Jesus. We're loving Jesus. He's going to change the culture. He's going to do all of these things. And Jesus says, I've finished my assignment, Father.
0: You know, and I love one of the things he said, that I am going to send someone who's going to be even better than me, who's going to be even better, who's going to do more. I mean, that's incredible, I think. And who is that person?
2: The Holy Spirit. I'm not sure we can fully walk in our um, assignments or prayer or Christian lives right now without the Holy Spirit. Folks, if you don't know the Holy Spirit intimately, it's time. Jesus said, or actually John the Baptist said, you know, there's one coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And we need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and baptized with the fire of the glory of God. But we need the Holy Spirit to walk with us, to teach us, to bring things to remembrance, to remind us. To convict us and to, you know, um, teach us how to pray. That's what Romans 8 says. If you don't know how to pray, ask the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you. Well, it says Romans 8.
0: And, you know, just like Jesus told the disciples, the Spirit is willing. Friends, are you willing? Because the Spirit is willing. Vicki, our program is coming to a close. I absolutely want to have you on again. I know that you are so busy. There's so much you you do. But we are so blessed that you are right here in Austin, Texas. How can our friends get a hold of you? If someone wants to come to, to you teaching on prayer uh, to, to, to connect with you, how can they go about doing that?
2: Yeah, I, I've developed a, about a six week um, class uh, that I go and teach at churches or groups. Uh, and probably the best way to reach me is through my name, Vicky Porterfield at gmail.com, my email. So you just, Vicki Porterfield, V I C K Y Porterfield. At gmail.com. So that's probably the easiest way to reach me. And I'd I'd be glad to come and and share with the people at your church. And I want you to know, it's not just for a prayer group. It's for every person, every young person. Every one of us needs to know that we have a field and an assignment that God's given us. And every old person. And every old person. (laughs) I mean, every person in a nursing home can learn. You know, I I was just thinking, wow, we need to take this message to retired groups as well.
0: Um. You know, friends, some of us are focused on finishing the work in the field God has given them. Maybe some of us are ready to begin that work, and it is an exciting work. Vicki, you talked about um, coming to know the Holy Spirit intimately, and friends, this is so, so easy. Um, Miss Evelyn always referred to it as the ABCs. A, admit that you're a sinner. Be believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins and rose again on the third day to offer us the free gift of salvation. See, confess your faith in Jesus Christ and ask to receive the Holy Spirit friends if you want more information on this if you want if you've said that prayer and you don't have a bible and you'd like a bible you can call us on the love line at 512-644-7972 it would be our delight to send you a bible you can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com or join us every saturday at 10am we're going to love talk and love walk out through this life to finish our assignment well Thank you, Vicki Porterfield. This is Kathy Enderbrock for my beautiful co-host, Marlene McMichael. We'll look forward to having Coach Carrie Brinkater on with us next week. Friends, you have a beautiful, blessed week. And we'll look forward to seeing being with you again next week on Love Talk.